Okay, the Joe Rogan Experience. Why is it the greatest podcast in the world? Why it deserves to be the greatest podcast in the world? Episode 2 of the series. I think the main issue when talking about the Joe Rogan Experience is really talking about the crisis of authority in in our modern world. For whatever reason... Authority figures, those who are looked to for authority, traditionally, or in previous decades, pre- or even longer periods of time, are no longer looked to as authority, as authority figures, or, or are looked at less and less, and and actually no one, no one's taken their place. This is a sort of a democratization of, of thought, of intellectual thought, which is sort of the thing that many, once upon a time, wanted and advocated for, but... Although those who often those who see this themselves as the heirs to, to the ones who advocated for democrat democratization of thought are actually today frustrated with this concept. In a world where uh, authority has very little credence and validity, what does count, um, and what what has always counted, perhaps, is really. Uh, which we call cred or street credential, uh, or just in other words, the authority that comes from accomplishing an action. If you want to use some uh, Joe Jordan Peterson type uh, language, Moses builds authority through the ten plagues in the story of the Exodus. What is a but that that is perhaps the point of the. The Ten Plagues is to build the authority of Moses and God in the eyes of Pharaoh and, and more importantly, in the eyes of the Israelites. And it's with this authority that he's able to take them out. With, before, the, before he got that authority, before he earned that authority, he could perhaps never have taken them out. And because he built that authority, even once, the as the story says, they sin with the golden calf, he still is able to lead them through the desert for 40 years because of all that authority he accumulated perhaps with the 10 plagues and then obviously with this, this, the story of the splitting of the, of, the, of the sea. Now whether you're uh, um, regardless of what your feelings are on the Bible, the, the point is, this, as Port Peterson would point out, Dr. Peterson would point out, these stories have survived for so long for many reasons perhaps including the fact that they resonate deeply with uh, the way we look at the world as, as human animals now in, in our context um, an authority figure perhaps um, you know would speak to would say something on television and we would assume oh this guy knows what he's saying she's she's uh, an expert etc but uh, often more and more I think more and more people's uh, daily lives are touched by what authority figures, whether they're uh, experts, uh, media figures, um, scientists, doctors, policymakers, professors of whatnot, say, and things that we know either consciously or perhaps unconsciously, perhaps sort of in our gut, that are just are not correct, and often jive, do not jive at all with what we ourselves were taught just 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago in, in school 
as being part of the the tradition of um, of knowledge of, of the scientific method of rationalism that we or heir to the the approach that took people away from the idea that uh, health is balancing the humors in the body and and the and allowed us to adopt modern methods of um, of medical care of engineering of ver- of various other uh, approaches and techniques that have uh, improved the lives of billions immeasurably and not only that are we seeing um figures of authority advocating for things that we know are not correct often something that we know um they wouldn't themselves wouldn't have said once upon a time or they themselves are irre- are clearly biased to give an example I, I remember when I was in an affordable care act uh, pl- uh, compliant health plan that had been created for people um, like me who was unemployed but uh, had some income so I couldn't get uh, or something like that I don't remember the details I couldn't uh, so it's so a few years ago but I couldn't get, I wasn't qualified for you know government health care um, Medicaid and I was on this plan and I discovered that nobody took it not in my blue liberal state none of the hospital systems took it the policymakers had not even arranged who spent by the way enormous amounts of time and money developing this detailed incredible plan none of the none of these hospitals took it only in the emergency room none of the doctors took it but even more than that it had a deductible of six and a half thousand dollars which meant that I, who was on this plan because I couldn't afford health care, would have to pay out of pocket six and a half thousand dollars a year before they would even pay anything. It was crazy. Like only somebody who's never had to live under a plan like that could ever, could ever in their wildest dreams think something like this makes sense. Oh yeah, they don't love six hundred six and a half thousand dollars. It's a struggle, but people have that. They probably even calculated six hundred thousand dollars is six hundred dollars a month. So they'll only have to cut $175 a week. The average person makes X, Y. I could just see the calculations, but I had no real, I had no connection to the reality of the lived experience of the average person. And it, then we've seen in more recent years with people, doctors and medical professionals telling us that things that are clearly not correct with the way people are created are true. Created in, 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 in the womb, I'm assuming. Um, and, and more than that, we see um, complete denial of, of, of science, uh, the scientific approach on the half, half of more and more of the medical establishment, and most of one entire party in the United States. Many, um, the, the, the idea that, that people. Um, are not responsible for their actions because uh, what happened to them in childhood is, is a common idea among the, those folks while at the same time, more and more, there's this idea that uh, children can do whatever they want to their bodies. Frankly, based on social media propaganda, and we're all supposed to pretend the social media propaganda doesn't exist, and as if um, we're stupid, 
You watch cartoon. You watch kids' cartoons and kids' shows today. I, it's, the stuff you see is wild. It's it's anti-science. It's anti-rationalism. It's anti-human. How have we fallen so far? And honestly, it's hard to see who offers a solution. Religious nuts. And this, I think, is where Joe Rogan fits in. In that, in a world where people have lots of fancy titles and credentials and sprout lots of nonsense at best, what really matters is what we, what people have earned, what people have done themselves, what they built themselves. I can't, uh, what they've literally done themselves. As I'm sure we all know, many, 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 many privileged people like to pretend that they earned it themselves, they they created themselves, or this, that, the other, they're, they're entrepreneurs, and the dad just lent them a million dollars. I think that was a line about Donald Trump, but I think it's true across the board when it comes to the, the privileged. Uh, again and again, I, I see this sort of idea. And uh, I, I think that's a, one of the defining characteristics of, of, of Joe Rogan, is that he comes across... And his view of the world is that of the self-built man in the, in the most positive sense. That I got the way I got by exercise, by discipline, by hard work, by putting myself out again and again and again in disappointment and not giving up. And he's not doing it in a malicious way. Um you know, I don't know, well, I li- once used to live in a very popular urban area, and more than once I saw uh, very fit people mocking overweight folks. Uh, and obviously, um, that shows the complete lack of the discipline that they supposedly have. And it's very hard to see someone like Joe Rogan doing that sort of thing. He seems like a person who's um, created himself. And that's really the most natural human uh, uh, thing, and and traditional authority figures, you know, uh, uh, why the wise man, the wi- the matriarch in the village, in traditional society was somebody, uh, uh, at least, I believe, was somebody who would earn that respect to be listened to, by by decades uh, uh, of experience, uh, of hard work, and frankly, of being shown time after time be a source of wisdom and not of nonsenseness. Nonsenseness. And um, it's not a degree in, in being smart, a degree in being an expert. Uh, the inability to ever admit you're wrong. I was always right. So rather it's something that you build yourself uh, and you try and you're flexible and you, you're mistaken, you admit it. Even if you're not mistaken, you're willing to listen to someone you disagree with to argue it out with them, to try to understand their theories. This is what makes us, I think, human. This is why humans have been able, who have adopted this type of rationalistic viewpoint have been able to move the world so far. They're bad and bad, but much good in, in, in recent millennium. Well, not recent millennium, but yeah, recent millennium. This, this which seems to be completely, more and more completely lacking in this, this sort of growing uh, cl- clerical class that we have today that's sort of like the the Catholic Church in Europe in the Middle Ages where, where people uh, hid themselves behind robes 
and, and appealed to higher gods and said they were doing the Lord's work, the good work, the whatever they called it, or while they benefited immensely from in, in wealth, property, food, sex, and whatnot. That uh, the, the opposite of that is the, is those who built it themselves. And much of, you know, the history of, of Europe moving forward was from moving away from this this uh, church, weird, the weird relationship of the church with the nobles to the independent uh, towns and cities who, through this ind- independency, became hives of thought, of change, of, of vibrancy, of exploration. That freedom, that flexibility, the, the breaking with the, the morales and the bonds of the past... That is always what that's what propels one forward. Eric the Red getting on his longboat to go look, see what's out there, and that um, that attitude is I think you see often in in the in the in both the the purse person or the personality of Rogan as he um, expresses it in his podcast. And think about it. What he, one of the things he talks a lot about, besides exercise, is martial arts, which is something that's very big in his life. Clearly, martial arts is a discipline with a real metric. It's not a metric of that's that's a abu- uh, uh, hidden from us. That oh, I went to Harvard. How'd you get into Harvard? Did your mother get you in? Did your brother get you in? Did you go to I? Did you go to that Harvard graduate program? That's actually much easier to get in than people realize. It's rather it's a martial arts is a real metric. You gotta you, you it's like uh it's like a like a chess or whatever you have a rating and it's real and there's no going around it. And what else is he big in is, is comedy? Well, comedy doesn't have a metric in that sense. Comedy is the type of field that in order to get big, to be more successful, you gotta go out there and you gotta succeed. Otherwise, people aren't hiring you. They ain't bringing in the bodies. Yeah, you know, we all know that there are people who, in disciplines like that whose uh, career is is clearly uh, has a fixing or being aided, but they're not in that type of stand-up comedy. You're going to see them in radio, television, movies, places where if they have the right connections or perhaps to, and say the right things, they're, they could be carried along. You see this expression, famous for being famous. We all know there are many television per- personalities who don't know, who have... A fraction of popular podcast views and have these ads from you know major brands that are keeping these shows afloat but yeah it's a show that a uh, uh, hundred thousand people see and two hundred thousand people see but they have ad buys worth hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars how does that make sense those people are going along with the zeitgeist they know what to say they say the right thing and they're honestly they're lucky and and they figured it out and how to move along. But that that's not real. That's a fake metric. That's um that might look good on paper. That's an affordable care plan for the poor. But it it may not I mean it's not it's not gonna work in, in, in real life for many people. And um the kind of the stand up comedy through the clubs and to the arenas and the stadiums what, what, what propels that forward is people coming back, is the bodies. Are they buying tickets or not? That's real. That's a real metric. That metric people fear. People bang on about the terrible nature of populism. What they really mean is um, the, 
idea that that folks should 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 feel their um, what they want and should express it in uh, I think if you listen to many uh, many podcasts, one of the, besides obviously the things we've spoken about in the past, um, since it's a, Joe Rogan is an expert, really a very good interviewer. He really gives usually gives people he interviews a lot of space. Um, I know we spoke about this before, but it's very important. You can listen to well known podcasts. Um, let alone the TV news where they don't give people a, a space to say anything. The whole point is to get the gotcha moment on either pro or against whatever the issue is, whoever depends on who the guest is. Someone like the host and the corporation like, they're going to get him to say something clever or, or stupid. Uh, not st- <laughs> Sorry. Something clever or clever sounding, they're going to set it up in a way to make him have the last word. And if it's somebody who they don't like, they're going to try to make him sound stupid and evil and crude and, and terrible. Besides the fact that Rogan doesn't do that, a lot of hosts have trouble letting a a, a thought finishes uh, a guest finishes thought. Um, sometimes they don't let her express her whole idea. They interrupt, often not on purpose, but it's a very it's very difficult not to. But he does he he lets them express a thought, and not only that. When he wants to close the circle, when he, when when the issue issue needs interrogating, as they say in sociology, he knows how to do it, and he does it well without malice. But he could be very strong. It's a fascinating conversation I, he had. Um, he said even with um, creationists, who are the kind of people who um, I was actually very shocked to hear someone like that on his on his show. But um, he's not you know necessarily buying what the guy's selling. But he allows him to express his thought, and when he feels that, that he has a good question, he closes the trap and sees what the guy has to say. And um, frankly, anybody who's old enough to remember what the television news was was like before hyper-politicization became such a business, or honestly, you can go on YouTube and see there are plenty, there are old shows where this this was quite uh, this was quite often, and, and frankly, our democracy was a lot healthier until the start until this shutting people down thing started. Um, it got worse and worse with the uh, social media turning us all into some sort of giant mob uh, looking for a, someone to lynch or. Uh, in general, we act. Social media turns us into a mob. We act like a mob with mob dynamics, with being shocked at something somebody did that we all do, or we all we weren't shocked about it as individuals, but together, you know, like in Lord of the Flies, the mob kills the boy. What's his name? Simon, I think. They say, "Kill the pig! Kill the pig!" And they have this whole one body type of. Uh, uh, Experience where they're all one and they they they're together and they become powerful and they destroy the enemy and the bad thing and that's uh, that's that's really mob mentality and mob psychology and, and social media I think has really turned us all into a giant mob and including many of our so-called leaders and, and more and more it's also turned the highly intelligent, the authority figures, the experts into being a part of a giant mob when something that was probably uh, 
originally written online as a joke or by somebody who was mentally ill or by um, people with malicious thoughts, ideas, uh, troll farms trying to hurt people. Has starts to trend and then from whether naturally or artificially and eventually we have authority figures uh, who are part of this mob repeating it as if uh, it ever made any sense and I, I think they, they say that if you speak to people who've been part of a mob who are willing to talk uh, frankly sometimes they'll say afterwards well I don't know what I was thinking or da 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 but the moment it felt right and um, Rogan's um, success really has to also be tied into this, uh, his willingness not to be part of this mob. And, and indeed, he does talk about his uh, refusal to read the comments online, his level of, of disconnect, which probably is what partially what helps him separate himself from this uh, mob uh, situation. Um, and um, I think we can all bring some of Rogan into our own lives in that we are natural inclination um, towards uh, someone we disagree with, or someone we hate, someone who we think is bad, is is to other them, uh, you know, to say that they're nothing. But, but the Rogan Rogan will talk, will question, will he might even ask very difficult questions that the other person doesn't want to hear. But he's willing to do that, and that's the human way. And uh, I think I covered on enough about. Um, I mean, there's obviously <laughs> no level of what you could talk about. When someone's the top and the best, there is so much to learn from them. But I think I covered enough about this topic for now. So, um, on to the next topic. Have a good night.